least you've been keeping busy. At least you got. I mean, I think the worst thing about the whole what's been happening is if you're by yourself and you've got nothing to do, or you can't find anything to keep you busy. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've been lucky enough to to still be working, which is which is good. My wife's working from home now as well, so at least there's a two of us. So that's not too bad. But it's it's the fact that you even when they start to unlock things, you you can't go anywhere. There's nothing open. Um, even when the shops that and the shops that are open, you're you're queuing to get in them, and it's it's a weird experience. So, what's um, yeah, it's quite funny in a way. You know, like you you're not. It's not often that you're happy to be going to work or working, is it? <laughs> no, no, I mean, I mean, my my wife and daughter, my daughter lives with her husband, and she's been working from home, but they're both. They were ready now to go back to the office and actually go into, actually go somewhere to work. They'd, they'd love to be back in the office. I don't, I don't think they're keen on the travelling, because that's that's not going to be too pleasant. But but they're, but they're more happy to actually both go back and go in the office now. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. No. No. It's good. I think. I think things could be a lot worse, and I think things are slowly recovering. And I think before the end of the year, I think things may get back to normal. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I hope I hope they will. I'm not, I'm not I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can speak to you. We all speculate about. I, I think it's probably going to. I think things will get. I think we might get a, a second spike again at some point. But really, I just don't. I just don't know. I mean, it'd be, it would be nice for things to go back to normal. There's all sorts of things people had to put on hold and and stuff. It's all been it's all been very strange. But um, hmm. but that's it. So how about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been well. I don't know. I found it a bit of a reverse in a way, because a lot of things that I didn't have the time to do before, um, like I could do now. I can read books I didn't think of before, yeah. watch podcasts, or I can rethink what I'm doing in shows. How I can change myself as a person. Uh, what I can do with yeah, lots of things. Yeah. That's good. So how how the shows going? How's the uh, how's the the improv one going? Is that going? Is that going all right? Still? That's that's a lot of fun. It was hilarious, wasn't it? Last yeah, time. I was I was, I, I was telling someone about it, and I was saying it was. I think I described it. I said it, it was exactly what you'd expect it to be. It was, it was, it was, a, it was shambolic. It was funny. It was, it was enjoyable. It was just, it was, it was all over the place in places. It was. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. Yeah. I think everyone, I think everyone really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. Well, it's, I think the thing with the Zoom gigs is that it's harder to do a stand-up show because there's no interaction or fun with it. But if you yeah. do it where it's a bit, where there's lots of interaction and talking, then it can work quite well. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been doing all, all the the coffee and cocktail zoom zoom gigs, and we've been and we've been doing those. We've been doing those. I've been leaving all the microphones and all the cameras on, so as you, so as people can, so as the audience can, yeah. so they can actually see the people. And and there is a certain amount of there's a certain amount of, in, of interaction going on. We've got people sort of trying to. It's not hectic, but a bit of good natured sort of. Joshing going on while people, but it's they've they've been working really well. You're on the next one, aren't you? On the yeah, 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 you are, yeah, yeah. So we've uh, we've done three so far. We had one last Saturday that was quite good. I'm doing one on Sunday, which is a special new comedians gig. It's for who have done ten or fewer spots. Cause someone got in touch with me um, after I had any spots because they I did the Laughing Horse course about four years ago. Uh. Got in touch with. Um, Jerry Soldier, who actually ran the course, and whenever he gets, he, he finishes a course, he puts people in, in, in touch with me for me for gigs, if they if they knew, because he, he knows I'll, I'll I'll put new I'll put new people on there, sort of any questions asked, I don't really care what they're like or anything. So 
they put a couple of people in touch with me and I thought, let's all let's organise a a complete newbies gig. So I've got eight acts on and I think the, the most any of them have done is about two spots. All on the, the and they've all been online, so the spots they've done. So that'll be that's on Sunday, so that should be quite fun. Looking forward to that. I, I like you, you. You've always been quite easygoing, as a as a like you. You like to like you 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 you're, you're like you're like I'm not bothered who you are, what you come in, just like know the rules and don't bother too much, and that's it. You've absolutely yeah. That's what that's yeah. My 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 taking always been. As I said to someone the other day, they were um. I asked people to to who did the, the gig on Sunday on last Saturday to share the. The one for this Sunday, so as we get a get a nice audience for these for these new people, and I've got a very nice message from one of the actors on Saturday said that she hadn't come out as a comedian yet. She'd done ten spots, but she hadn't told her family or her friends. So she did, so she so she didn't want to share anything because she didn't want people knowing knowing that she was doing this. And was it a problem? No, did and and did I have a problem with that? The fact that she that she wasn't going to share. It? I said no, no, not at all. There's 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 no quid pro quo here. You come along, you enjoy yourself. And, and that's all I ask. I don't want people to know. There are some, you know, there are some rules, you know, try and turn up on time and don't do, you know, and, and the obvious ones, don't be racist, sexist or homophobic. But other than that, I, I don't really have any rules. I'm, I, don't, I don't watch videos. I'll, I'll put anybody who asks on. There's only two acts that I, that I wouldn't put if they asked. And that's for reasons that of my own. And I will. And it's a bit um what's it called yeah but i mean you with with that i mean you you must you must have a lot of stories to tell lots of funny incidents that have happened oh we do we do get some yeah i mean we we've had we we've had some uh yeah we've had some 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 acts who uh, like everyone we've we one act on who um he, he'd done the same course as i'd done but he'd done it a few months afterwards and he and he had his he got his five minutes ready, and then he'd spent the next nine months to a year honing it. So it, it was as tight as it could possibly be, it was tight as tight could be, but he'd never done it in front of an audience. And he got up and did it at one of my gigs, and it wasn't funny. It spent nine months working. It was it was it was word perfect. It was gesture perfect. It was every single bit was as tight as it could possibly be. Ooh. There were no laughs in it. It just wasn't funny. <laughs> and we all sat there. It was sort of, Mm, okay, this is uh, hmm, yeah, right. Well, just uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he and he's and he's he was, but he couldn't see it. And we said, well, yeah. What, what did you think? Well, you saw the reaction. What did you think it was like? Well, it was. Well, I, 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 I thought it could have gone better. Well, yeah, I think we all thought that, frankly. And he's and he, he's he's one of the people I wouldn't have back again. He um he he turned out he. He got in touch with me late one Saturday, late one Saturday morning. He said, oh, "Can I have you got your spots chat? I've got, I've got five minutes. I'm, I'm going to try." And I said, "Yeah, okay, fair enough." And then he turns up and he says, um, "Right, Jack. So I'm, I'm doing seven minutes, aren't I?" I said, "Hold on, hold on. You said five. No, no, it was seven. I said, "Well, someone's dropped out. So okay, you can do seven. Not a problem." I sorted the running order. Mel Byron is emceeing for me, and he gets up and as he gets, as he goes, he says, right, I'm, I'm just going to do the ten, Jack." At this point, I'm thinking, oh, hold on a minute, hold on. You said five, and then it's seven, and seven, so he gets something. And he gets, he starts doing, and, and I'll go up to me and says, right, he thinks he's doing ten. When he gets to seven, I'll give you a nod. At that point, go up and drag him off. 
So he got a seven minutes, but he was still rabbiting away. And again, it wasn't funny. It wasn't good. I don't quite know what it. But yeah, I mean, we've we've had. Uh, well, I worked out out once. I've, I mean, I mean, you you you, you know yourself. You you have hundreds of different people people pe- pe- people on. I'm sure we've had. I, I know for a fact that I've had to do their first ever gigs at, at coffee and cocktails. I'm fairly certain I've had to do do their last ever gigs there as well. <laughs> um, and I think yeah, and I, and I put and there's some people I, I have on that um, you just don't you just don't see us. I had. When we run a, the live shows, um, I, I think I met him first at, um, at, at yours. Uh, we have Dangerous Tea. He comes on most months. And I think that's the only gig that he does currently. And he's always he's always good for a laugh. He's always, uh, yeah, it's, he enjoys himself. He's all around himself. He can be a bit, he, he, we did um, a show a while back and there was a, what was it? He, yeah, we had a, a, one of my the, all the charity events, and he was he was there for that. And the first hour, it was was children doing comedy. We had a sixteen year old girl MC in, and it and he was on in in the, in the second hour of it. And it turned up for the first hour, and he sort of creeped her out because he was you know, she's she's sixteen, she's a bit naive, she's a bit of a naive sixteen year old, and he was sort of and um, she, she was Muslim, you know, he, he's, he's he's black, and she he sort of said, oh, I like your shoes, they're nice shoes. I, I like your headdress. That's nice. She was just creeped out by it completely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, we, yeah. We 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 were very. Uh, you say we we're very laid back and and easy going. We don't. Uh, I've only say I've only uh, one. I, I've I've dragged one person off stage. Not dragged. I've I've got, I've got and put I've put my arm around one person and 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 walked him off. Um. I had him back and he misbehaved again, so I didn't have him. I wouldn't have him back again. And there's one person that was just I just don't like. It was an arrogant little son, so I wouldn't wouldn't book him if he asked me. That said, though, um, Emily McQuaid one's with me now, and she's she's actually booked him because I, I wasn't going to be there that day, so I was happy enough for for her to do that. Hmm. But, um, so yeah, what what is it? The the thing is, um, yeah, it's it's difficult sometimes. I mean. Is it just the way he came across that he's very sort of what? Listen here, son, Jerk, You got to give me fifty minutes. Fish bush. <laughs> no, no. He, he, he got it into his head that because we'd done the same course, the, the fellow who, who, who took limits with the time, we'd done the same course. That I was his friend, and I'm fairly easy going. But he, but he, but he thought that as we'd done the same course, and we're and we're of a similar age. He's a bit older than me, a couple of years older than me. That we were, and we were sort of both. You know, we we're both. We're both a bit older. We're both married. We've both, we've both got kids, and we've both done the same course. That I was like, I was like his mate, and he could, and he could sort of take liberties, and and he can't. No, no. I'm, I'm happy enough to. I'm quite. I'm quite easy going. I'll let people. I'm not usually tight on time. I'll let people have a bit of leeway. But he was just, he was just taking the piss, frankly. So I, I made it clear to him that wasn't acceptable, and not to do it again. Um, but I say there's no. Yeah, I'm fairly easy going. I occasionally get stressed out when that's just because of the, as you know, just the whole organising things. Even doing one show a month, it gets yeah. stressful. You just, you know, the acts take liberties. They, they, they have a sense of entitlement, which is out of all proportion to their talent, and sometimes out of all proportion to the fact that they're doing an open mic on a Saturday afternoon in a half-empty pub. You know, that's that. No, don't be deep about it. It's, ego can be a good and a bad thing 
because I watched um, what's it called a podcast with do you know Jay Shetty the, no I don't know he's a big um, sort of mindfulness sort of podcast oh right and he used to be a monk but he worked in a corporate job that he hated and then yeah. he went and studied to be a monk for four years and he came back and he started helping all these people in like blue chip companies with their performance and the yeah. mental side of things and he interviewed uh, Novak Djokovic oh right Novak Djokovic said that he used to try and get in his head thinking that ego was the enemy. But because your ego can make you do a lot of things that you don't think clearly or you do things that are a bit iffy. Like sometimes you think that you, you're a bit special or you do things. And well, I, I think I think all of us doing, doing comedy at any level, certainly the, you know, even at the level that, 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 that we're at, and I, and I apologise if I'm, if I'm including you at a lower level than, than you think you are, but even at the, the level that we're at, on the, on the open mic scene, you have to have a certain amount of ego to think that you can stand up there and talk, and for five or ten minutes you're going to you know, yeah, you need a certain amount of ego, or else you wouldn't do it, but it's when that ego is out of proportion to your talent and your your personality, you know, some people have a big ego, but they can carry it off, and they're confident, and they're friendly with it but some people their ego falls over into arrogance and being obnoxious mm. the one particular act I'm, I'm thinking of in that sense he he asked me if he could have a, a spot of coffee and cocktails and I said yes and I he said I'll kind of have a 10 minute spot and I said yeah okay I've seen you do do lots of fives and you've been really good next one I've got is in it was two months away it was this was say July or June and the next spot was in August and his response was oh that's far too long to wait for a spot at that gig and I well hold on a minute you what? asked me yeah. you know, hold on you asked me for a spot I didn't come I didn't come begging you to perform and now you're telling me I said no if you don't want it don't have it I don't care no you asked me for it Ooh. oh no that's no, alright no no I didn't mean that yet I said no hold on here. I didn't mean upset you but it just that's the sort of that sort of that I've seen him be really good, but that's sort of where it, it falls over into arrogance and that just you know and I'm better than you and and you owe me something. I mean, with one or two exceptions, and it is only one or two exceptions. Everyone I've I've met doing comedy, and that's people who are at my level, people who started out where I am and have made and have and have moving up the ranks and have and have sort of getting better and getting getting pro work and semi-pro work with, with, with a couple of exceptions they've all been really nice people there's very there's only a handful that i wouldn't that i, that I would say i don't like hmm. um, well, that's the thing isn't it it only takes sort of a handful to ruin things it's like what's going on with the comedy at the moment like most male comedians they don't do that sort of thing no. they, but it's just only going to take a few bad eggs to put all of us under the same bush it, it does yeah and, and i mean i think i mean i've i've been talking about to, to people about it and it, it's part of it is is that is that is that nothing changes i mean we, we went through this uh, well, why it doesn't change i don't know I mean, i've got my views on that but we went through this two years ago we there, there are regular bouts of moral outrage where righteous moral outrage where 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 things that men have done are exposed maybe not exposed to the wrong word, things men have done are, are brought into the brought into the light. And people say this isn't good enough, this is unacceptable, it shouldn't happen, and then nothing changes. And then two years on we're in the same situation again. 
with you know something happens in a different field and, it's rare and it all flares up again and there are people in the comedy world but these are the same but a lot of these are the same people that were there two years ago four years ago when i started four years ago and sort of six and eight years ago and so on um, and people know who these people are we did a show last year and we had on an american comedian who was over here in europe for a few weeks doing doing so doing some comedy and we had her on, on a saturday afternoon and she was doing a gig on the saturday night and after we had the gig we were sitting chatting to her and i won't name the gig but she said oh, i'm doing so-and-so tonight and myself and one of the other comics that was also oh you do know about x um he can be a bit and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I was in Amsterdam on uh, Thursday, and they told me about him there. <laughs> um, so, so, people, so, so people know who these people are, and the names get round, but nothing changes. Um, I don't know why it is. But, but it's not like people don't know who, I mean, she'd been in Europe for a week, done a gig in Amsterdam, and she'd been warned about someone in London that she should avoid. You know, this is very funny for one reason because I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> we're talking about, but we can't say names, can we? I mean, yeah, because I, I heard the same story from another bloke at my gig <laughs> before the end of the year last year. Really? Oh, <laughs> I know yeah. who the medium was, Lorraine Lopez. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Lorraine, yeah. Yeah, yeah we all know who we're talking about. And we, we all know. I'm sure we all know who the who the who the bloke we're talking about is. But um, yeah, I don't want to name names. But yes, yeah, so yeah, it was Lorraine, and she was. Uh, and, and we said, "Oh, you, know, you do know about X?" And she said, "Oh, yeah, I, I was warned, I was warned about him in Amsterdam." It's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a. So, what was it we were getting at? I mean, comedy does attract a lot of characters. Like, it's funny, like. The way you treat John Sharp and Dangerous T is quite nice. Like they're characters in the circuit, but like in other sort of clubs or whatever, and other comedians, they they're quite harsh on them. And they oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to. I well, one, I like both of them, and I'm very much. A, I mean, there there are some things that I'm very much. I've had I've had someone complain to me about Dangerous, someone who's never done my gig, someone who. And telling me that I shouldn't put him on because he's a he's a troll and he's and he's been and he's been posting stuff about me that's shit. And I said, well, people think the same about you, mate. So you know, so why should I? But yeah, I I, I like Dangerous. I've never I've never had a moment of trouble with him. I've had more trouble with John than I've had with Dangerous. You know, John sometimes doesn't. I think sometimes doesn't can be a bit. Um, what's we're looking for? Sometimes he, he seems to lack a little bit of respect for the gigs. He'll, he'll less so now, but it'll be, but you know what? He'll, he'll sit there and read his paper, and he won't pay, pay any attention to any to the other acts. But he expects them to pay attention to him, and, he's, and he, he still does it occasionally. But but no, I, I like John. I like Dangerous, and I like putting them on. I like, you know, they, they, John's an interesting man. He's uh, and Dangerous is just Dangerous. He's just Dangerous. He's just he's just he, he just comes across as being quite quite harmless and funny to me. To anyone that I mean, there's probably only going to be one person listening to this. But for anyone that doesn't know who Dangerous and John Sharp are, they're just characters on the London open mic scene. That yeah, there you... seems to be there seems to be some sort of feud between them. I've never quite got to the bottom of what it was. Um, 
my ambition is to put on a put on a roast battle between the two of them, just given and just a whole two two hour show, just give an hour each, just to just to shout at each other. When they when I have them both on the bill, they neither one wants to go on first because I know the other one will pick on them in their set. So they'll, uh, but um, yeah, they are uh, characters. That's the word. I mean, the first time I said the first time I met Dangerous was when um, it was at your gig, and someone mm-hmm. said and someone knew I had him. I said, well, that's, that's Dangerous T there, and I really seen him, and I he was been fine. The first time I met I met John um, was at the now defunct. Um, I can't remember where it was now. The one that used to be in near Shoreditch. Um, can't remember. Can't remember gig was, but but I saw John there, and I was quite convinced it was some bloke who walked in off the street and was just doing. And, and, and I saw him again. I thought this is this is bizarre. And I saw him gig again about two weeks later. At the ones that used to run at Cafe Mode that um, <laughs> and, and Gary Graham Knightley used to used to run. And he was there, and he and he did the same set. And it was exactly the same. And it was just this is. And it was. And I got changed, and I run a gig. And he, and there are certain people I. I coffee and cocktails or I have um, an open invitation to if they, if they want to come along they they just got to, they've just got to turn up and I'll find and I'll find space for them and John's one of them mm. it's less so for, less easy for dangerous because he never lives out in St Albans or Luton or somewhere mm. but I but I tell John if you if, if if you want a spot just turn up and and I'll put you on no mm. problem at all so but yeah so we've been I mean I thought coffee and cocktails it's, it's, it's his fourth birthday next week but we, we started doing it um, in July 2016. Oh. Uh, we, did, we did one show a year for the first 18 months, then two two shows a year for the next year, and then that got too much. Two years, two a month was, sorry, two shows a month, two shows a month was just too too stressful. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's the it's the full, the full birthday next week. I started running, I did a, did a course in May 2016. And then one of the women on the course I did the course with organised a, a gig so we could all meet up and see how we were all getting on. And then it fell through the the venue. So I found I'd done a course at this pub and I done I did it I found that and I did it there. And that was in July. And by that point I'd I'd done two gigs by the time I started running coffee and cocktails. I've I've never been doing comedy when I've not been running a show as well. Mm. So I, I did that for been that for four years. I spent Nine months co-running, or eight months co-running Memoirs of a Geezer, which disappeared for reasons we all know. Yeah, let's, uh, I don't know about, I mean, oof, I, I'm going to, shall we avoid this topic? <laughs> yes, let's, let's talk about something else. Let's, uh, positive. <laughs> yeah, let's, talk about, let's talk about, yes, let's talk about all the exciting places we've, we've done comedy. So, I mean, I, I've yeah I, I I love doing comedy it's it's all good I mean it's it's one thing that I find quite one thing that's going to be interesting and the one thing that is good at the moment uh, is that you can do lots of gigs across the globe like all these Zoom gigs and you can connect with a lot of people that you couldn't connect with before um, and you get so much more time to write. Which is you've seen my act. I bloody need to. <laughs> I'll send I, I've not written a new joke in twelve weeks. I've, I've found it really difficult to actually write new too. I've, I've gone through all the notebooks and I've, and I've made notes and I've, so I've, I've repurposed some old stuff and I've looked at some old notes that I had and I've made some stuff. I've, I've not really anything new. 
I've done some. I've been writing. I've been writing poetry. I've been doing some poetry gigs as well as the comedy. Yeah. comedy. But um, but you're right. I mean, we the the comedy cocktails we did on Saturday, we had one person from Edinburgh, not that far away. Fair enough. One person was coming in from Ohio, and one person from Brisbane. So we started the show at three o'clock. It was midnight in Brisbane, and it was something like eight in the morning in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> like it was a real, a real spread of, and these were both acts that I that I that I knew, and I'd had on a coffee and cocktails in the past. But one was flown back to the US for uh, yeah. to be just before the pan, the, pan, the pandemic started, and the other guy was uh, had gone home to Australia a couple of years ago. So they, but I had them both. So yeah, so we had people in 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 the US and people in Australia. The gig I'm doing on Sunday, the new comedians. We've got someone from um, we've got someone from Germany coming in to do. We've got someone from France coming in. Mm. I've done gigs where we've had audience members from Bulgaria and Croatia, and it's 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 really good way to connect. And I I, I like it. I was uh, I was for a long time I was reluctant to actually do any any live any online gigs, um, and then I organised one and it went really well. And I thought this is this is quite good. This. So then I started doing a couple. I've done I've done three or four other than the coffee and cocktails ones. And I've done I say I've been doing some poetry, just because I find I, I write poetry when I'm on conference calls for work because they they're boring. And I sit there with, with a notebook and just write poems. And then I I found a gig where I can do poetry at, so I do that. But but the online stuff I'm I'm really enjoying it. And I think there's probably a probably a space for it or a niche for it, even when we when and if we get back to doing doing yeah. live comedy. Because currently we're doing. Before lockdown, we were doing coffee and cocktails once a month. Um, and I don't really want to do it physically more than once a month, because once a month is, is enough. I mean, as you know, yourself, it's stressful. You're sorting out the acts and going to the pub and getting that sort of... And, but doing online stuff, I think there's, there's a place for that. And we'll, I think that we'll, that we'll carry on doing that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, 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 no, but it's still stressful. It's I mean, stressful. Yep. for the comedy and the spot show, the improv show, it's, it's been hard to get people in. So I'm going to do that once a month. Uh, and the hecklers I'll do, I think, every week. And I'll yeah, probably you, take a break. Is that true? You're struggling to get improv troops or, or, or acts. I imagine there's no problem getting acts to come and do stuff. Is it the improv side of it that's the, that's the struggle? Yes, more that. And also, I don't want to keep on hounding acts all the time. I want to give them a bit of space. Yeah. And it's a bit... Also, I want sort of a kind of act. I think if you're going to get the type of comedians to improv together in a troupe, you need ones with sort of eccentric personalities, like ones like Cat or yeah. John Sharp, Dangerous T. You need people that are a bit different. Or a, bit, yeah, a bit, yes, off the wall. Someone who's not going to who's, who's going to bring something different to it. Yeah, because if they're Absolutely. just plain, it's, it's going to not going to produce anything. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there are lots because there there are formats that the that seem to work online that that probably would work in a physical. Getting, maybe you you going forward would be doing those, but there's stuff you can try stuff on online that you wouldn't that you wouldn't do otherwise. I mean, I've put out a, a call at the moment. Uh, I, no one's expressed any interest yet, but I've but I've sort of said, well, why don't we why don't we do a gig at six in the morning or seven in the morning? There's going to be people up. Yeah, okay, maybe no one will watch it, but but we can get people. You know, seven in the morning here is two in the afternoon in Australia, three in the afternoon in Australia. Why don't we just you know if we can get people to so let's 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 do one at seven in the morning, if there's an interest in it, just to see if we can do it. I'll so, do it. <laughs> sorry, 
I'll do it. <laughs> You'll do it. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, I haven't got a date for you. I want to see if there was any interest first. So one thing I want to ask, what, yeah. um, what, what got you into stand-up as a whole? Like, How did you start? What's your background and what, what led you to being a comedian? Well, I, it's, it sounds like this is, this is, this is going to sound like I'm, I'm um, being mean to it. I'm not really, but um, I... When my dad retired from work when he was about he was in his late sixties, he basically gave up all of his hobbies. He, he he stopped doing anything really. He didn't do anything with it um, at his time. And I got to uh, fifty. I'm sixteen in a couple of months' time. I got to fifty, and I thought, and my job. I'm I'm in IT. It's not particularly creative. Um, it's not the most interesting job sometimes. And I thought, well, let's let's try and get in touch with my creative side so from about so from 50 onwards I, I then started doing some courses I did I did some writing courses I did some drawing some painting I did some improv courses and then in 2016 I did the Green Maguire writing course at that point I had no intention of ever doing any stand-up um, I thought this is just another one of these creative things to try just to see if I enjoy it and I enjoyed doing that so then I found there was a, a laughing horse um, two day over, over the weekend stand up course with Jay Solida, and I did that. And again, I thought that's just it was just it was, I had no no real plans to ever do it for to, to do it for any length of time. But I did the stand up course. There was the graduation show. I did the show. I've written five minutes of, of stuff all in the space of like you know in a day, and you learned it somehow. I did the five minutes in a packed room, and people were laughing at jokes that I'd written. And it was the most, and that was in May 2016. It was the most exhilarating thing I'd ever done. It was it just, it was so, it felt so good and so thrilling. And I came home and said to my wife, she said, well, did you enjoy it? I said, yeah, I did. She said, are you, are you going to do any more? And I said, well, it's, it, it. it went still. So I thought I'd stop and start it again. Okay. So, do you need me to repeat any of that? Are we okay where I was? So, yeah, you, so you did, and it was the most exhilarating feeling you yeah. ever had. And I, and I came home and said, oh, well, I thought it was great. So, said, well, are you going to do any more? So, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do 10, and I'll see how I feel after that. And, I, and then I, I, I'd done 10 by about September of 2016, by which point I was already running coffee and cocktails jokes. Um, the friend who I did the course with had organised a gig in in Cairns, so we all went down to Cairns to do comedy down there, and that's and I just never just never stopped doing it. I mean, I I I average maybe I don't do a lot. I average one a week roughly gig, but uh, but I've done I've done but I've done comedy in Cairns. I've done comedy in Paris. I've done it in Lisbon, uh, yeah. in San Francisco. I've done the Brighton Fringe and the Faversham Fringe and the, and, and the Camden Fringe. And it's all and, and it, it was it was just the most interesting thing. I've got I've, I met people that I like who are doing the same sort of thing, and it was it, it was but it was never an intention. There was never a thought I want to be a stand-up comedian. I think I'm funny. It was it was something I fell into because I was looking for things to do that were to get in touch with my creative side just to keep myself just because my work wasn't desperately interested I said mm -hmm. I, I'd, done, I'd done writing courses I'd done painting I'd done improv and I'm not kept and none of those had sort of had, had stuck but I did the stand-up I stood in front of an audience with five of jokes that I'd written which looking back at it now some of them I 
some of them are still good. Some of them you look now and you think, oh, that wasn't really, that wasn't very good at all. Um, it was around the time of the Brexit referendum. It was just before that. So there was a lot of stuff in there that's now, it's just far too dated to actually use anymore. But that's how I got into it. I just basically, it's, I'm now at a point where I think it's, it seems like it's more difficult to stop than to carry on. You know, I don't, mm. I don't really want to, and I've no intention of stopping. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I enjoy it. I, 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 I tried before we went to lockdown, I started doing some new stuff. I started doing some character stuff rather than straight stand up. Um, doing the online gigs I've been doing, I've been doing back to stand up because the character stuff doesn't really work over, over an online gig. Um, but I'm going to carry on doing the, doing the character stuff and, and the stand up in, in parallel. It's just, it's just, just, just been so much fun. I've just, I've, I've met nice people. I've met some horrible people, but so as I said earlier, the vast majority of people have been really lovely, and I, I mean, I've made, made friends that I would never made otherwise. And I've, yeah. and I've made. I, I, at one point, I was referring to someone as um, I was with my wife. And I was referring to someone as being comedy friends. She said, well, "Why are you calling them comedy friends? They're friends. They're not comedy friends. It's not like there's comedy friends and there's these friends. They're friends. Stop you now." So it's. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's how I that's how I fell into it. It was it was never a, never into, I never had any real desire to be just out coming. I'd always watched a lot of stand up. Um, I've been to always been to a lot of shows. We started going to the Edinburgh Festival when my daughter was twelve. So that was two thousand and two. Uh-huh. Um, and we've been and then we went every couple of years for about twelve so twelve or so years. When we, we last went in twenty twenty fifteen, we last went I think. I didn't didn't like the atmosphere. There. It was much more corporate than it was the previous years we've been. But up to that point, we've been we've been basically every couple. We've been seven or eight times over the course of twelve, fourteen years. And, and even in London, we'd always watched a lot of comedy. We'd always gone to see a lot of live comedy. It never just never occurred to me to actually do any. It was it was no great ambition. Um, I had no and I had no pretensions. I was ever going to make any money at it or be anything other than on the open mic circuit. I've had the one or two paid gigs, but that's about it really. But there was no no desire to appear at the Apollo and no desire to headline clubs. I just like being, I like doing new stuff and going out and it's to amuse myself as anything else. And that's why I'm still doing it. That's, that's why I started doing it, was to keep myself amused as much as anything else. And that's why I'm carrying on doing it. As long as I'm enjoying it, um, I'll keep doing it. And it's nice, yeah, it, and you know yourself. When, when, someone, when someone laughs at something you, that that uh, you've written. I was looking, I was watching an old old set the other day that I'd that, uh, I'd recorded, and I hadn't done it for the material for about a year. Went to July last year, and I looked at it. I thought, this is actually quite good. Some of this, that, you know, this is genuinely some of this is genuinely good stuff. Um, and I think, yeah, and just the, like the there's the variety you get. I mean, you, you do. I've, when I did the when I did the writing classes and the, and the they were people were very um, what's the word I'm looking for they're all very all very similar to the styles it was all very a lot of it was overblown a lot of it was very wordy and they were trying to be very very literate and very sort of uh, and very writerly I'm looking for for one of the words but the open mic scene you, know, you can go to a gig you can see you can see you you can see me you can see John Sharp. You can see Emily McQuaid, you can see Dangerous, you can see, you know, you can see, yeah. you can see 20 year olds of a, of a, of a, on their first gig, I bet you're ever going to be in your entire life. 
you see people who've been doing it for 10 years and you think, why are you still doing this, mate? You're rubbish. But you see people and you can see them and, and you, even when they're three or four gigs in, you think you're going to be, you're going to be good. You know, you, you, yes. there's, there's, there's something there. You need a bit of luck, but if you get it, then you're going to make it. But it's, and, and it's nice to do that. You know, we, we've, we've got an act that I, that I know are, in under different circumstances, maybe not, but that, that I know should, with, with a bit of luck, should should be TV acts because they're that good. And these are people that, that, that you put them on their third, fourth, fifth gig, and you see them at that point, you think, yeah, you've got something. May I ask which acts would you say, and I'll state which ones I think that I see that do you think that could be um, that are like really that you've seen recently that have been like wow. Recently, it's it's it's, it's, oh, it's, it's difficult to say. Recently, we're not. It's I'm trying to think. I've I've not really. I'm trying to think. It's difficult to say. Recently, the ones we put on recently, we, we had really they're mainly they're mainly women. The ones that I've, we had on um, last was it last year. Not the year before, twenty eight yeah, year before we, we, she did a third gig at Memoirs of a Geezer when I was running that, and she did a fifth or sixth gig at Coffee and Cocktails. Uh, I don't know if she's, what she's done with Stanley since then. She's not done a lot. She did a show in a girl, a woman called uh, Jade Allen. She was really good. I mean, you'd see her, and she, and she was there was something special there, absolutely. And then it's different. So, yeah, you, you just see you see so many people. But um, it's difficult to say. I mean, a lot mainly the it's it's the it's the young men. It's the obvious ones who are going to make it because they because their face fits. But the but the best the best comedians I see in the open mic circuit generally tend to be the women. I mean, there are women that I know that, that are friends who are, who are good, and that's not why. I, and there's names I name there, but not because they're they're friends. They're they're just good. I mean, I know that um, people like um, either. Been when she's very good, but she's down in Bristol now doing stuff. Yeah. We had on early gigs, and she's, she's made some. I think she's in the in the final, in the semi-finals of Fungus. Um, Rosie Carl, she was very good. She came to oh, one yeah. of our. She was early. She was on early one of our gigs when she'd not done a lot. Uh, and just and just generally, it's yeah. Uh, I I don't tend to because maybe because of the the nature of the the gig we are, we don't tend to get a lot of the. Of the thrusting twenty-something young men who are who are going to the, the ones who are who clearly think they're going places. We don't tend to get a lot. We tend to get the uh, I wouldn't call them misfits and the oddballs, but we get the the people who are slightly maybe less um, mm. televisual and whatever. But but the ones I'd, I'd seen, I think, are, are really good. Are mainly women. Sarah Lee, she's she's good. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I like uh, the different Imogen Edmondson. I like. Oh yeah, she's very talented. She's very good. We did. Um, I like. I like Imogen. We did. A, we did one of you. We did a coffee and coke. We did a reverse roast battle. We had to be nice to people. <laughs> um, and we had, we did we did two semi-finals and a final. Um, and the two semi-finals were though they were like handicap uh, matches. So it was it was it was the two semi-finals were were two men versus one one woman um and both women got through the final it was it was imogen and leslie ewan burgess and imogen won it and to this day i still can't quite work out how because imogen's lovely and she's very funny 
But Knights isn't her default setting, I don't think. No, she can be a bit. <laughs> to, but um, and and then and then there's the ones that you that you see that you think, and then there's the on that, not 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 classically handsome um, by any stretch of the imagination, but 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 clearly very funny people. Lots of uh, Jamie Allison. He's really good, but he's. I've never seen him. Never gigged with him. I hear he's an amazing compare. He's a really good compare. He's a really funny comedian as well. Yeah, he's, he's, if you want, he's, he's very. Very high energy. I mean, it's real sort of high energy, real in your face, and 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 you know you're and you know you're being compared at, and it's it's and it's as much the same. But it, yeah, I mean, you've you've got to. It's very much strap in because he's coming for you. He's a real a real force of nature when he's emceeing, when he's comparing, and when he's doing his stand up. But he's really, I mean, genuinely really funny. Um, yeah, just just there's just so many people. Uh, but you need a you need a you need a bit of luck and a fair wind. There's those that. People that started around the same sort of time as me, who are really sort of making, because they're better than me, I accept that, and they're much, and they're younger and much more attractive than me, classically attractive, lots of Joe Hobbs. I mean, we we started around the same sort of time. Um, he's sort of already going places, maybe not as you know, so those sort of people are there. Um, so yeah. Mm. Uh, Darren, Darren, Darren Griffiths started. He, he did the same oh, course as me. He's bloody hilarious, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And we 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 did the same course four four years ago. Uh, Darren's really. You know, I mean, I think within within six months, he was a, a finalist at the Leicester Square New Comedian Competition. Yeah, that first year, and he's, he's you know, and he, he he does really well for himself, which is good. He he deserves it. He's good. Oh, nice chap as well. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, yeah, nice guy as well. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't seem to have much of an ego. He just gets on with his work and he's polite. And that's, yeah, and there's no reason why more people couldn't be like that. But, uh, and I find most, you know, you get some people, that, that there are certain, um, well, you're not going to name names, there, there are certain people who you see on the circuit and invariably they're young men in their 20s who think they're much better than they are and they've got big egos. And they think they're going to make it, and they think, oh, you know, and and frankly, they're not because they're not good enough. But they, but but we've all seen them. They're all, you know, and they, and there's a whole new batch come through every year from either comedy courses, they come out of university, or they some they do stand up, yeah. and it's invariably, you know, it's the same, it's the same sort of material, and it's the same sort of act. And it's, and, uh, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's just that's just how it is. But not, not, it's not, it's not, well, comedy is quite an interesting thing as well, because it's not all black and white, because like some of the ones, as you said, that we see that were like really talented, were like, wow, they don't get there. And then some, some that we see that, you know, they're, they're good, but they're nowhere near as other acts we see, and they do make it there. So it's a bit yeah. of a two and a foe thing. It's, yeah, it's, 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 a, I think it's some, sometimes comedy is treated a bit like, a, like a merchandise product. How much? Who's who's going to make us a lot of money? Who can we sell on T-shirts or magazines? Or absolutely, like? absolutely. If you're a if you're a, a photogenic twenty-year-old, or if you're a photogenic twenty-something, whether you're male or female, you've got more chance of getting your face on TV or getting onto or getting yeah. being being pushed forward because that's you know, yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, and and that's fair enough. People have a a business to a business to run. Um, 
and I, and it's not. It sounds very. I mean, I, I talked to John John Sharp occasionally, and he's very much. You know, it's it's an art form, and and you should be true to the art. Maybe I'm paraphrasing him there slightly, but and I'm not entirely sure. Agree entirely with that because surely you know the whole one one of the purposes is, is you want you want that validation you want people to laugh at what you're doing, but sometimes you you, you think well you know this is you know there's a there's another reason why I'm doing this there's 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 more to it than just you know there, there is an element of I'm making art here in some ways you know you, and you and there's some and there's no reason for you to be doing something rather than just just the laughs. Um, and yeah, I can, and, and John's very much. Sometimes you you, you you read him on Facebook and you chat to him, and he he's he's, he's a very interesting man. But he but he does have views around. You know, this is this is this is an art rather than just yeah. Just going out there and getting cheap laughs isn't what I want to do. I want to do something more than that. Is it seems to be his view sometimes. And I'm sometimes I'm happy to get a cheap laugh. Yeah. But you you do things that you want to that you feel are, are more than. More than that, for instance, my the show I did at the Brighton Fringe last year was um, it was stand up, but it was it was it was about the main thrust was about my my mum and her Alzheimer's and how I dealt with that and how it impacted on me and and, and the rest of the family. Well, but it was told in a way that was that was no, it was it was a story. It was in the but it, but it was but it was it was clearly stand up and it was funny. It, it's, it's a show that I I liked a lot. I've not done it since then because just before I did it in Brighton last year, she died. So I was it was it was quite raw when I did it in Brighton. I've tried to do it once since then and, it, and I couldn't manage it because it was it was too too raw. So I said, "One's grief isn't in here. It isn't great for a comedy podcast." But but the, but the whole but that, but there was but there was more. There was there was there was something in there that was that was more than just. Set up punch one, set up punch one, set up punch one, set up punch one. There, there, there was something else in it that, that, that had a more of a resonance. Um, and the people, I don't know, people had seen it and actually, you know, and it, it meant something to them. It, they, they, they got to feel, you know, it, it spoke to them in ways that me just standing up there telling jokes about dating or whatever. Wouldn't. Yeah. And that was, because uh, I don't think I could do that for 45 minutes or an hour. So that's why the show was, you know, and I wouldn't want to. Oof, that, that is... Um, there's a comedian called Chris McLeod. Um, he did a story about his father being murdered, and he he was able to get like they like, got it into the Soho Theatre. It was mm. a very good show. It was probably one of the. It's funny you said that Edinburgh's gotten quite commercialised and sort of yeah. less arty. In some respects, yes, but I think it depends on the comedians you see. But I'd Absolutely. say like true, yeah. I think he is probably, I'll be honest, there was maybe only a handful of shows that really impressed me in Edinburgh last year. Because, you know, being a comedian, you see the same sort of thing again and yeah. again. And does yeah. it really interest you? But he, his, his really was interesting. Like, it really sort of made you emotional. <laughs> and it's, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's a bit like what you're doing. And I, and I like that. It's, yeah, I think what, what I see in Edinburgh a lot as you say, you say you see a lot of young 20 upstarts that go there and they think they're going to make it and this and that. And I also feel like that that sort of happens in Edinburgh as well. Like people don't want to bring their, themselves to the table. They don't want to bring more to, no. they want to be two in their box, I feel. No, I think you're right. I mean, some people, I've never, I mean, I've seen a lot of shows there. I've never, never performed there, but I think you're right. Some, some people are using it as a, as a, as a, as a window to the world where they're hoping to be spotted and seen and, 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 and be, 
discovering in cinemas. Other people are doing it because they because they just do it because they just always wanted to do a show at Edinburgh. But other people are trying to do something more with with more resonance. There's there's more maybe not more meaning, more uh, more weight to it, more sort of um, with a bit of a bit of feeling to it. Uh, you know what I mean, yeah. If you want to if you want to go and see twenty something men tell jokes, jokes about Tinder and Harry Potter, great. You can do it all all day long there. But if you want to see something that's got a bit more bit more weight to it and you can see those shows and, and they and they're still and they're still funny you know and that's that's sort of is is where i not where i want to be but if but if i did the the full length shows i've done the hour shows i've done that's what they've been it's been it's been there's been and the story's all tied back to and it's 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 done in quite and it's done in an affectionate way it's about my mum it's not going to be anything other than affectionate but it's quite but it's quite uh raw about how her alzheimer's and how how it impacted on me and how I dealt with it and how she dealt with it and what it meant and, and what it meant to her. Mm. It starts with, it starts with a question is, and the question is, um, does she know who she is? And I answer that question at the end. Um, You're going to put a punchline there. The well, no, no. Yeah. The, well, there's a bit at the end. Though. It's sort of the, 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 and, and the answer is, no, she doesn't know who she was anymore, but she actually knows who she's, no, does she know the, the question is does she know who 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 she was? And the answer at the end is no, she doesn't know who she was anymore, but she knows who she is. And that's all any of us can really ask for. But there's a bit that leads up to that is there's a that's that's the final sort of lines, but there's a story that leads up to that, which is, is quite funny about her my dad waking up one night and finding she got out of the house and she was standing out in the rain because she was just, just standing in the rain just laughing in this thunderstorm. Yeah, and he couldn't figure out how she got out of the house, and that was, and that's where, and that's sort of it's. But in between those two bits at the end, there's there's stories about her. There's there's bits that I go off at tangents, so that people find out a bit more about me. And I, it was, and I, it, and I, it's a good show. I think it's got potential. At some point, I may revisit it. But the last year or so has been quite been a bit raw doing oh, it. So yeah. I've not done it. Uh, I, I, well, I did it at Brighton. It went down really well. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but I tried to do it once since then, and I, I couldn't do it. It was just too too much. Um, I didn't know that, and I want to say, look, I'm sorry for your loss, and I just want to say, no, I don't want to. No, it's fine. It's just not. It's no. That's that's okay. That's. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's that's. So that's that's that really. So anyway, I'll tell you a funny gig story. You know, I had this one, San Francisco. I went to San Francisco, um, and I'd lined up doing a gig there. It was in a community radio station called Mutiny FM, and it was um, the the person that ran it was uh, she was she was she was an uh, she was an advocate for the for the medicinal and properties of, of, of vast amounts of weed, mm. and we got there and everyone in the audience was stoned. She was giving out her own her homemade. Um, <laughs> Brownies that she that she made to the to the audience, and everyone in the crowd was stunned. And I, uh, I didn't take it. You know, I don't don't do drugs, don't drink. Um, and there's a recording of it, and it's some of the most gentle hectic that you've ever heard in your life. There's two people in, in in the front row, and on this re this this recording, you can I'm doing my set, and then you hear his voice going, "Yeah, Jack, Jack, can we just?" Can we just point something out to you? We're just trying to be helpful here, and they were absolutely stoned out there. 
a week after, it was a lovely show, lovely people, but it was, it was general headline. The week after we got back from San Francisco, the place was raided by the police uh-huh. uh, and shut down. Not because of the vast amounts of dope, because the police were quite were, were quite aware of that. They were uh, they were caught selling alcohol with, without a license. Uh-huh. So they didn't mind people giving them, them giving people their their hash brownies that they'd made, but but just it was yeah, it was a absolutely. Yeah, everyone was absolutely everyone was stoned out their minds in the in the crowd. It was very very funny. It was especially when you're the only person that isn't stoned. Or well, me and my wife, when you're mm. sort of straight and they're not, and it's just it's it is everybody walked into this. It's very odd. Once yeah, once like you mentioned two interesting points there, and yeah, to be honest, I think with the podcast as a whole, I've not really classified it as a comedy one. I'm going to do it more as a philosophical one. Because each one I've done is yeah. like, yeah, because I, what I, I like, what I like more about a podcast is I like one where it makes you see things that you didn't see before. I want to learn. I want to yeah. grow and change. Oh, I was an idiot. I shouldn't have done that. Or, oh, oh my God. I, that's what I've done wrong. Oh, yeah. that's what I want from a podcast. And that's what I enjoy about listening to them. And that's what I'm doing with a lot of this podcast. I've interviewed Psychic. I've interviewed, um, I want to... Just for a life and a gig, I want to interview someone who's an expert in tantric just to see what they say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I've interviewed someone in fitness. Um, I've interviewed YouTubers, so that's that's what the podcast is going to be. And that's great. Yeah, I mean, when I was out in San Francisco, the reason I, I did the show there, but the woman I, I did the show uh, the radio, she did a regular podcast. And she she did a regular radio show. Uh, and normally went out live, but I'd, I'd got in touch. I said, oh, I'll come out. And it was called, and the show was called, um, They Call Me Tim. And it was where people just went on there to discuss religion and God and whatever. And it was just after Donald Trump had been inaugurated um, when I went out there. So the conversation started about, and we got onto Donald Trump, we got onto, we discussed the Handmaid's Tale, we discussed abortion, we discussed Theresa May, we discussed drug taking, we discussed drinking. We discussed uh, American sports. We discussed we discussed periods. We just it just as a whole sort of over this hour and a bit, and it was because yeah, it was you know. We, uh, mm. Oh, it went from there. I was able to hear you just now, but I did hear the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So yeah, so just had my audio gone. So yeah, so that was uh, so that, that was yeah. So it was a whole. We started off talking about God, and then went on to went on to there, went on to all of the tangents about everything else. Well, yeah, it's funny because, like you said, the heartbreaking story. You said a funny story here. What one? You got I me mean, an interesting thing here. Why is it like when we're having chats with our friends or in a pub or something? Why does it have to often the funniest moments? So when someone is stupid, weird, or it's fucked up, or it's extremely painful when we talk about it, is often where it gets funny. You know, it's not like walking a park. Oh, we make that funny. It's catharsis, isn't it? I think partly. I mean, there's there's funny there's funny stuff comes out of because sometimes those things are are just are just funny. Um, my again bring the mood down a bit. My, my dad died on New Year's Eve at his funeral. My daughter and my niece were talking 
and they'd, and they'd separately they'd, they'd, they'd meet him for lunch and they'd, and, they'd, and, they'd, and they'd always go to Nando's. My dad would say, right, we're going, we're going to, uh, to uh, Nando's. And they were standing there chatting about him and Alice, my niece, said to Helen, my daughter, I don't know why we used to go to Nando's. He didn't like Nando's. And I said, yeah, I know. Why do you always go there? Oh, no, let's uh, we're going to Nando's. But he didn't like it. Why do we always go there? And it was just this one of those, yeah, why? Because it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's catharsis. And sometimes those, those darker things have, I think why it's funny is those, those darker things have a, they have a leavening of, of, of light. There's, there's sort of, there are, there are tones there. You, you're black and you, you and you get some grey and then some white. And that, and that's that, those tonal differences are where the, are where the humour lies. Oh, we went for a nice walk in the park, and we looked at the flowers, and the birds were singing. It's all, it's all one note. It's all flat, but something with a bit of dark, yeah. or a, bit, a bit of um, jeopardy in it. There's a bit. Oh, there's something here. No, and and there's and there's and there's shades of, of grey and black and white that mm. where there's a ton of difference you can see. You no, know, and that's often where the you know, where the humour comes from in those in those things. And that's possibly why sometimes some of the best comedy, I mean, there are lots of good sort of mild comedies as well, but a lot of the very good ones, they push it a bit or there's something quirky about their personality or they, they push things a bit and that's what yeah. makes them great rather than if someone's too safe and too nice. Yeah, I mean, we saw, I saw some friends a few years ago. We'd, I'd seen all of Richard Herring's solo shows and... And there'd been a, a noticeable decline in quality. I felt after, after he got married and had his kids, he, oh. he felt I felt he was he he'd lost a bit of his. He, he was always quite he was always quite edgy in, in not maybe not obviously sort of no in, in in ways that would be apparent. But he was always there, there was always there was always an, an edge there, an undertone of I'm not as uh, I'm not as nice as you think I might be. There's no there's bits like you know. And the first couple of shows after he'd, he'd got married and had his kids, they were it was. Um, they were quite, quite safe. There was no that real. There, there was no edge there, and we saw one. I saw one with some friends, and it, and he was trying too hard to be what he was before. He was trying to get that. You can see him actually trying to get that edge back, and he was, you know, trying to get be a bit more, a bit darker again. A bit, and it, and he was struggling to to do it because fundamentally, he's a happy man now. He's married. He's got kids, and he's not sort of you know he's not. And he seemed to be struggled mm. for him to. And he struggled to get back to that to that point. Um, yeah. I think. I've I've discussed this in quite a few of the podcasts, but one thing I've and I don't want to go to just sort of go for it briefly because I've discussed it before. But um, a lot of people, when they reach the top or where they reach what they wanted, they lose the hunger, they lose the desire, and so that's what you mean with Richard Herring. He know like. The great yeah. boxer Marvin Hagler said, um, "When it's hard to get up out the bed when you're silk pajamas." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think he'd, I think he'd got happy, and he was, and it was, and he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't appear comfortable in his own skin. He didn't feel like he was comfortable doing what doing what he was doing. He, he was trying to do the stuff, the the edgy stuff that he'd done before, but it didn't. It didn't really suit him. He didn't. He didn't seem like his heart was in it. Um, but some people, that that being, they are happy doing their in their own skins, in, even though that skin can be a bit darker. The, the, the most relaxed comedian I've ever seen, and it's only a couple of years ago, um, 
there's that big name who seemed so comfortable in his own skin is Frank Skinner. Like he just seemed he was he was entirely he was entirely himself. There was no you know, he was he just it was he's the single most relaxed man I've, I've ever seen on stage. And that's musicians, comedians, theatre, anything. He was just yeah. It felt like he, he, you get the impression that he knew exactly what he was doing, why he was doing it, and that he just belonged there. There was no, there was no sense of doubt at all there. This is where I belong. I'm comfortable in every way I was skin. I like myself. I know what I'm doing. And it was, and it was surprising. You know, it was just, it was effortless. There was no, it was no sense of there being any, any work in it at all. I mean, clearly there was, but it was just, it was so, just so effortless. And you said, yeah, it's good. I like it when people are themselves. And the thing is, so you said that, like, this is the thing I want to comment on. You said that a lot of people in comedy are nice and this and that. But, you know, um, I've changed a bit since you last spoken to me. And, like, I'm not happy about the person I was before. And I'm trying to work on a lot of things. Right. And, um, one of the things that I, I used to do a lot before, and I want to change a lot now, is that sometimes... Are we a bit too open and a bit too bit too open to people? And yeah. I feel um what was it? Yeah. You said a lot of people are nice, but now there's two things that scare the shit out of me more than anything else with people. And that's if they're too nice or if they're a bit too nosy. And I get a bit scared yeah. now when that happens. Yeah. So you're trying to be did you feel that people were taking advantage of your niceness or of your openness? Do you do you feel that do you feel that maybe the people were trying to take were taking advantage of that? Is that why you well, you try to change that. Yes, it's 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 very. I think that's unless you need. To, I think no matter how nice someone seems or this and that, I think you need to take a while before you open up to them. Absolutely, you have to have yeah. the, the guard up. It's it's mm -hmm. you have to, and um, yeah, a lot of other things as well. But sometimes change is hard. It is. It is. It, it, it is hard. Um, people need to you know you need to sometimes you need to make changes don't you not not you personally i mean but generally people need to make changes in their in, in their lives and themselves so they they're comfortable with the, so they, they they so they can live with themselves no, i think we all got to grow and go forward i think it is like well if you've got to learn or change something or say oh i should have done that oh this is wrong well that's wrong because if you just i think we're all growing most of us anyway we're all growing yeah. or doing something different or learn some different otherwise there's no point and no. um yeah you have to grow or like and that's and it's going back to you saying to me why did i start doing comedy that was eight nine years years ago i wasn't i i worked and i came home and i and i, and I didn't have any hobbies and i didn't and i was i was depressed i was i was i wasn't i wasn't happy with, with myself so that's why i started looking for creative things to do i'd never done anything creative I'd never and that was sort of what I was looking to to make a change there because I could see how my dad had gone and I didn't want to be like that when I retired I didn't want to get mm. to 65, 70 and, and do nothing no I, I mean still get to 65, 70 and do nothing but in the intervening six, eight years wherever it happened to be I'll have done hundreds of comedy gigs I'll have performed in places in the world that I would never have thought I could have performed it I've performed in crowds I wanted to you know it's I don't know I've been paid to do it occasionally, which is great. And this is all things that, and that was the changes that I that I that I'd made. And people still, funny, some people still seem to resent me doing that. Um, he's mm. never going to hear this. I I said to my 
my, my brother is a couple of years younger than me. He's never been to see me do comedy. His daughter's his daughter has, but he's never seen me. I said, Well, you know, when you come along sometime, Dave, you know, you know it'd, be, it'd be good. You come, come and join us. So, no, 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 I'm, I'm going to come and see your last gig, he says. When you're doing your last one, tell me and I'll come and see that. And I've heard him say to members of the of the family about, oh, well, Jack, Jack does comedy, but everyone knows that I'm the funny one in the family. Oh. And he said that once. I said, well, come on, I've got a show this week. Come on, I'll give you five minutes. You, you, you can get up and do it. You, know, you, you can get up and show you your funny. No, no, I don't want to do that. No, no. And it's, it's still people resent you doing things sometimes. Mm. Yeah, that's. I'm, I've also covered this a lot on the podcast as well. I, there's there's two people that I don't like. I don't like people that are toxic because they bring you down, and I don't yeah. like people that are sort of envious because I think if yeah. someone does well, it's a good thing because it just shows you can do it as well. Yeah. And um, I've gone in my, you know, a lot of the podcasts I've gone in, I've discussed it three or four you know, loads of times. But it's yeah, it's something I believe quite strongly in, and. And one of the things I'm probably going to do is I'm probably going to be even more hated than I was before because I'm going to because I think for for my um, gig I, I need to get rid of a few people because it's a yeah. bit you got you got to surround yourself with the right people like mindful energy yeah. like mindset because if you're going to be a better person or do things in the right way or do things better you have to be around the right people. Yeah, and it's quite easy running gigs and stuff. It's quite easy to get to, to fall into the situation where you have the same people on, you have the same wrong people on, who are people who are, who are no good to you, who are no who are people who, who you, know, you can keep booking people who for, who just aren't aren't right for you, can't you? Yeah. you, know, you, 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 you can happen quite quite easily. It's yeah, it's the the, the thing. Yeah, I, I mean. To be honest with the, it's, I don't know, there's, it's comedy, I, I love doing it, I like making people laugh. Most people are writing comedy, but only takes a few bad eggs to make it look bad for the rest of them. Yeah. And yet yeah, the one of the biggest reasons why I got a bit nervous about the niceness thing, because when I went to Dublin, you see the guy that, what's it called, did the Twitter post? Oh, yeah. I bloody met him, and he helped me out with a few gigs when I was in Dublin. Yeah. And, you know, when I met him and spoke to him, he came across as a proper nice and all right chap. Yeah. And that's when you go, oh, fuck. And it's a bit like, it's, and also, yes, the worst people, because they got something to hide and because they got all this, they are the best at pretending to appear a certain way. Yeah. That's why my dad says as well, if someone's too polite or too nice, you've got to watch out. And that's because they're hiding something. They know how to act. They know how to swindle people. They know how to do all these funny things. Yeah. Plus, if you're a bit thick like me, then you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I went to one of, the, one of the, the forums on Facebook when they were talking about the the, the current uh, ongoing discussions about issues. And it was, it was then someone said, no, well, 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 these people, people are plausible and, and friendly because you need to build trust before you can abuse it. Mm. So that's, you know, so, so you, you can't, you, know, you don't just go straight in and, and do something. You know, you, you basically groom people, so so you build up their trust and 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 you get them to like you, and then and then you can abuse their trust, and that's because part of it is is it's not sexual; it's a power game, isn't it? And part of that is is, is getting people to to like you, and then so as you can use that power again, so you, so as you can abuse their trust, and that's a lot of what a lot of people I think get out of these situations. They so is that is that uh, that power game as much as anything sexual or physical out of it. 
I think. Yeah, and one of the things that was ridiculous is well, a typical example of what where I'd see like when someone does a fake niceness and someone who's real nice. So I'll give an example. Yeah. Like in the school, I went to clown school in Goli for a while, and one of the guys. I mean, women women aren't stupid; they know these things as well. And they probably Absolutely. hide it a lot more than we do. And yeah. um, there's this bloke. Well, I don't. I'll say it. No, should I say his name? No, let's not say his name. But. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's, he's basically he's this bloke he, he pretends really nice and he really works bloody hard like it's like working like he's working out or something trying to pretend he's a good person and doing this and that yeah you don't have to force it if you're an all right person no just, just and the thing is you don't just do a little thing here and there but just get on with your life and you've got to take yeah, care of yourself absolutely. before you take care of anyone else and yeah. it's yeah and that's that's a pure example of that and also one of the things i will say with the movement and you're probably not going to like me for this and a lot of people won't but there needs to be a discussion with this sort of issue that's going on with women being abused in comedy and all this there needs to be a little group because it can't be too far the other way because there's um like for example with the i don't want to quit with the left and i've discussed this in podcasts yeah. in america and the uk you can't just say because someone voted the other way they're thick, racist, and they're stupid because it's just bullying trying to force people to do a certain thing. And I feel with this, it's good that you're making people aware of things regards to like women being abused. But what if the bloke's inexperienced and he doesn't know what he's doing, and then he gets punished for it if he's trying to make a move on a on a, on a woman? And that that needs to be considered as well. You need to see who the person is. Yeah, there there are definitely there there are definitely things that 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 need to be. I mean the. The, the ongoing stuff is on the Comedy Collective. There, there's some posts I've seen from from women, and I'm definitely not going to name those here, but there's, there's, there's two particular women I've seen posts from. And I know things, and I've seen things from those women that makes me think you're not... Yes, you may have, been, you, you, you may have had issues, you may well have been abused, or you may have been harassed, or whatever, but I know things that you've said and done that are broadly the same as the things you're accusing men of. Mm. And there's two women in particular, and I'm definitely not going to name names. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but there are but, but but there are two, and I've and I've and I've seen and I've, I've and I've and I've actually seen seen them do these things. Mm. Um, and it's yeah, and so. No, yes, it's 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 not about what about we what about you doing this. It's but but no, it's not necessarily black and white. You know, they, in a different situation, these two women would have been seen as being the problem, not part of the solution. It's yeah, it's it's there needs because it's um, and also there was a case of Big Brother. Not that I watched Big Brother, but I saw it in the news. There's a guy who was on it, and this woman claimed used the Me Too movement to try and get him into trouble, even though he did yeah. nothing wrong. And that's the thing that I'm a bit worried about. It's like a bit like some people trying to play the race card to try and get away with things. That can happen as well. And that's what I think, that's what I'm worried of. If you push sure. it too far the other way, people are going to abuse it. And there needs to be, yeah, as you said, there's some people that are very unscrupulous as well. So that's, and they'll take advantage of that, like maybe abuse their power. Like with, if someone's, oh, um, da, da, da. if you don't do this or this, I'm going to say you're this and that, and they're going to believe me. Mm. And some people can yeah. be good actors. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly, there's 
there's a problem, but I, I don't know if the way it's being addressed is the is the right way to address it because it's been addressed that way in the past. And it's not fold. It's not nothing's nothing's been solved. I mean, ultimately, um, it's for it's for all of us to be better, men particularly, because we seem to be the, the main problem. With it, but but everyone needs to be needs to be better. Um, but I don't know. This is the way to to solve the to solve the problem because it hasn't solved it in the past. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know what the solution is. I wouldn't care to propose one. I don't yeah. know what the solution. Is. Um, well, it's a, yeah, it's, it's like just completely vilifying and like that. That's just like you're trying to. Some of it's just visceral annoyance within themselves to try and destroy someone to make themselves feel better. Some of it is. But I think, you know, it's, and also with what's the protests and some of the things that have been going on, it doesn't, you know, you're violent and you burnt and you did all these things. You've let out your anger, but you're not necessarily solved the root problem. It's like with drugs, people use it to escape from things. You've got to, you've got to use your thought, think, and don't use your emotions to try and think about how you can sort out the root cause of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, there's, so there's 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 not enough time to stop and think, and people aren't given the opportunity. It's it's you're you're expected to have a response ready. So if someone says something, you're, you're expected to say to, to have that response for or against or yes or not, no black or white, ready there and then. And there's no people aren't given time to to think and consider what their response is and to and to. And a lot of it is let's just be honest, a lot of it is social media, but there's but there's no there's no nuance. It's 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 there's no shades of grey anymore, or there's very few shades of grey. It's 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 right or wrong, it's black or white, it's yes or no. There's no sort of well maybe or you should know there's uh, there's no place for discussion and well, I like the protest that was going on in, New, like, in the UK and I, you know, it's good to protest and let the people wear things but one of the main ones that were there, they said oh, the, the Winston Churchill um, thing should be taken down because he's a racist but look, Churchill he's, he's one of the main reasons we're, we're able to be as we are so I don't think, you know, that's, that's... Yeah, I mean, and again it's, 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 it's all a bit, it's it's a small minority on both sides. I mean, there's, no one was seriously proposing to take down Winston Churchill. So there was a small minority. There was a small minority that were there to stop people doing it, and it's and that gets conflated into into everyone on this side, everyone on everyone on the left wing is, is saying tear down Churchill's statue, and everyone on on the right wing is saying no, you people are. No. It's it's small, tiny, small groups of people, just who are just who get blown up into, we conflated into being spokespeople for much larger groups of people, because they're the ones that people see. Now, the vast majority of people, would, I imagine, if you asked about, asked about Churchill's statue, would say, yeah, leave it there, or, or I don't care. It's only the rabid, not the rabid, that's not fair, it's only the small minorities on either side who have strong feelings about it. Mm. Um, and they're, but they're the people that... But, that's it's a polarized society, and it's increasingly polarized. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and that's been and that's been going on for well, it's been going on for as long as I've been alive, one way and the other. You know, those those polarizations come down at different 
different bit, but in, but it's increasingly it's now it's it's where we are. The governments for the last thirty years is it's poor versus rich, it's black versus white, it's old versus young, it's men versus women, it's it's immigrants versus people who were born here. It's there's a whole yeah. everything is there's everything is being set off against each other. And do you know what the answer to that in some cases? I think some of those cases are just people that are, that are unhappy and angry and they can't handle their own stuff, so they want something to unleash their fury or take it out on. Like some of it's a bit sort of bullying in a way. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it is completely. I mean, and that's and that's from and that's and that's across the political spectrum. I mean, I, I don't know what your politics are. I don't. I don't care. But yeah, across the political spectrum, there are people who see themselves as being as being victims, as being have been um, their trust and their values been abused and belittled for years and years. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean the you know, look at the look at the Brexit vote. It was a it was a hell of pain on, on behalf of on the part of a large number of people because they felt they'd been marginalised for the yeah. previous forty years. It was nothing to do with Europe in a lot of cases. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, and it's. I don't know what's going to happen. It's. This may sound a bit mad. And I, I said this in one of the other podcasts. It sounds a bit funny, but the way we're to sort out is just to get one thousand security guards and shove the main people on the table, and stop them from killing each other and let them talk. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. If people sit around and talk to each other, they find they. In most cases, the people find they've got more in common than they've got different, and, they, and you can generally, you can generally, you can you can come to an understanding, you can come to an agreement. You know, most people are are open to argument. A lot of people aren't. Uh, some people aren't, and and to be fair, and some people have particular topics where they will never change their minds. You know, I mean, there are things, there are views that I hold that I will never change my mind on. No matter what someone says to me, but generally speaking, I'm, I'm open to I'm open to hear other people's arguments about most things. There are some things I won't listen to because I, I, I I'm never going to change my mind. So there's no point in me even listening to their arguments, which is maybe narrow-minded on my part. But why waste someone's time? Why waste mine? But but generally speaking, I'm, I'm better to listen to an argument about most things or discussion about most things. I think. Um... One of I think one one things I actually wanted to do in a podcast is I actually wanted to speak to a woman comedian, a female comedian, because like a lot of the stuff I didn't know how it's sort of in you know you when you're growing up you always have an assumption that in these creative industries there's going to be some creepy old man that's going to take advantage of women. You you you've had yeah. That. yeah. And the thing is we always sort of knew that, and I didn't know I wasn't aware to the extent it was used in comedy. You know, I was where it was going to go on, but I didn't know it was this bad. Like, with some of the stuff that women have said, it, that is whoa, no. I, oh bloody hell! And no. oh, I certainly wasn't wasn't aware of it. Then, but then, no, I, I, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you you hear about it from talking to to women, and they you know, and they tell you that these things happen. I mean, I I've got friends who are uncomfortable in the company of other comedians. And these are comedians who, who you and I both know, and who hadn't been mentioned in any of the the things on. You know, and, and my experience of these people is that I can't see anything wrong with them, but I but I know people who are uncomfortable in their presence. Hmm. 
for reasons for for yeah. whatever reason, and I and I and I don't know the reasons. I, uh, I I know some of the reasons, but but yeah, I mean they, these are people. These are these are these are people who who are who are who, are, who are vocal on on the comedy collective on either side. That neither the men nor the women have been posted or named on in in any of these forums, and I know some women who don't feel comfortable with with being in the same room as, as some as some men. Um, and I'm sure there's, uh, but generally speaking, yeah, your work goes on because people tell you or you see it. Or, but I've never actually seen it myself. I've never seen anyone doing anything to a woman comedian. I'd like to think if I did, I'd step in and do something. But I've never actually seen it, so I don't, I don't, I can't say that for certain. Yeah. And I suspect the large majority of men on the circuit haven't seen it either. Hmm. Uh, some might say that's because we're not looking for it, but then. I don't know. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? The, the, the people that appear nice and are very clever and getting people like them know how to be secretive and do things to get away because they've got something to hide. It's like mm. with what's it called? Drug dealers and criminals. They're, they're better at being sneaky and slimy yeah. than a lot of us because they're hiding something and they have Absolutely, to be like yeah. that. And it's a bit... I mean, it's made me more aware of it, so I'll be a bit more cautious. Like, I'll be like, okay, right. So this is I, now what I see is I see what it's like for being a woman, more so being a woman in comedy. Because you know, the biggest fear for a lot of women, I think, is to be forced upon by a man. Yeah. And in a lot of the cases, they're weaker than this is not being whatever because yeah. they're That's weaker than men, and they're worried yeah. that you know if they're late at night, a bloke's gonna what their love so it's a quick one and then and then they say no and then you know whatever anyway but that's that's so have you any any luck finding a woman comedian to talk to not weird. what they they said that they're a bit um uh one of them said that i should like get a the committee together like lcn a group of male comedians and like like the industry sort of thing rather than female yeah. comedians because they're a bit too scared to do it and they've you know it's really hurts them to talk about it and it's yeah i don't know with with this sort of subject i don't really want to be too vocal i don't want to say this and that or don't want to claim to oh. be anything because and also some of the people that are trying to be super defensive or pretend this and that maybe they're some of the ones doing it and maybe they're you know they're they're trying to cover their tracks. Yeah, you, you just don't know. There's uh, someone names names. You just—it's impossible to to be sure. Even see. then, you can't be hundred percent sure. And the simple lesson is just be more aware of it, which I think we both are now. And mm. just um, that's it. And just be more. Maybe just now we can see what it's like from their side. Adjust the behaviour a little bit according to make it more pleasurable experience for female comedians. And apart yeah. from that, that is all we can do. Because if we start going too far the other way, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not smart enough to do all of that and I don't want to get involved in the nitty gritty. No, I know what you're saying. No, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's, yeah, we all need to, we need to be, we need to try to be better. Um, but beyond that, we, it's a, it's a minefield and it's, you know, and that's, we yeah. can only, uh, and I'd like to think that if, that if in future we, we saw something, we would do something about it. I say, I don't, I know, I'm not aware of encountered or seen anything like this in the past with, with people. 
uh, doing what they shouldn't do, but uh, yeah, I'd like if you saw it in future, I'd do something about it, but until it happens, you genuinely don't know. Um, hmm. You know? Uh, so I don't quite know what you do there. I mean, the good thing that is people are more aware of it. It's like with other things that are bad that going with paedophilia and all that. I don't necessarily assess that with this more going on more now. I think it's just people more aware of it and people getting caught. Yeah, that's what you, yeah. I think, yeah, people are, are more aware of it. And it gets called out more and, and, yeah, and people are getting caught now, which is, which is good. I mean, there's, the more people are aware of what's happening, generally speaking, knowledge is a good thing. Um, the more you're aware of something, the, the, the better you are able to, to deal with it and to, to manage it and to, if need yeah. be, confront it and... And or if not, if you if it needs to be ignored, ignored. I'm not saying this this does, but you know, but knowledge is good. You know, um, going back to what you were saying earlier, um, yeah. There's a degree of openness that's required from all of us, but you don't want to go beyond that because people, some people will take advantage of that openness. But there's a bit, but as far as possible, there's a degree of openness that we should all be looking to 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 be at. Hmm. Um, I yeah. Think. That's that's and it's it's gonna the things things gonna be slightly different when the circuit starts. I mean, again, it's gonna be everyone's gonna be out of practice. There's gonna be a lot of places closed down. Some will be still open, and yeah, it's gonna be slowly but surely yeah. things are turning to normal. Yeah, I mean, I think there'll be there'll be some there'll be some nights some open mics just won't start up again because hmm. people will just want to stop. And and I think there and, and there'll be some pubs that won't open up again. The, yeah, and, and and even those that do, I was talking to someone else about this, and I think that the pubs are going to want to maximise their income and the money they get through the door. Typically speaking, open mics don't help them do that. You know, you know, we've all been to open mics where no one buys a drink, you know, and it's just yeah, you know, or they ask for a pint of water, and it's yeah, you know, and, and there may be good reasons for that, but but we all, but but a lot of open mics don't bring anything to the pub. Other than no, um, and I suspect that, that some pubs will will expect them to step up and start start doing something. They may well be in pub. They may also there's a drink minimum, or you've got to, or, or, or then you've got to run it in this way so as we can get more people to the door. Um, yeah. I don't know, but I don't think it, it's gonna. I, it won't be when it does stop again. It won't be back the way it was before. Things will change because they'll have to. What those changes will be, and what they'll mean for the likes of you and me, I don't know. But I, I genuinely wonder whether the pub we do coffee cocktails in will open at weekends. It, we've been, I've been in there over Saturday, and we've got upstairs to do our show, and there's been no one in the pub downstairs at all. The only people who've been in the pub have been us. Uh, they get their business maybe just during the week because there's a lot of offices around there, and businesses around there. I wonder whether they'll, whether they'll even, if it'd be worth their while to even open at the weekend going forward. I don't know. I've not spoken to the guy that runs it yet. But that's uh, that's one of my concerns there. Well, one thing as well, I think we sometimes have... I don't know, there's, one of the funny things with comedy is that now there's so many... It's Comedy's in a situation, especially in London, where there's a lot of free gigs and it's difficult to pay comedians. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes comedians, and maybe my, myself, we don't, we don't see things from a financial point of view from the other person going in. Like they're saying... No. They say they're not smart financially. They don't see this person has to make money as well. They just, mm. it, some of it's unrealistic, some of the things people say. 
Like, oh, yeah. you're running a weekend gig and it's paid. You have to pay us this much and that much and whatever. But what if the person doesn't get anyone in? Yeah. And Absolutely, yeah. They can't bring people in. So, you know, have a bit of thought and think long term. Don't think bloody sort of short term gains. Like, think, um, think, think further ahead. Like, if you, if yeah. you, if you demand too much out of someone at the beginning, then they can't put things that'll be better for the future. It's a bit, and yeah, we live in a society that's too much wanting things now. We should, it's better to go up and then get the good thing at the end rather than having it all given to you straight away. And that's what a lot of people want nowadays, and that's not right. That's not proper sort of reward or good feelings. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Yeah, every single one of the podcasts has been very deep and very boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, who have you got lined up next after me? So I've got, um, let me look for the calendar. I've got um, it's one of the guys that also commented on my post. I've got Krishna, who's in the French comedy scene. And he does a All right. Then I've got someone for the South Africa. Um was i think i organized and did i not oh i haven't organized another one in, in a while yet but yeah I've well, if, you, if you're looking for a, if you if you've got someone from, from france i was, was going to recommend them um, I, I was going to recommend my friend um vanessa she's a french woman she, she's all she should be i'm sure she'd be keen to oh yeah she's the because she, she's she's the she's the she's the one that's organized the the, the gigs in in, in Cairns and lisbon and She's don't come all over the place, but she's um but yeah, I'm sure she'd be more than happy to 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 talk to you. It's yeah, I'd love to. It's and also one thing I wanna say as well, a good thing for you. Like France seems to be have appeared back to normal, so you may be able to start your thing, won't you? We might we'll be able to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But tell you, let me have a, I'm sure she'll I'm sure she'll be more than I'm sure she'll be I'm sure she'll be prepared to to talk to you. I mean if you you, you want a woman Comedian and 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 a French woman at that. It's a it'd be it might be a different a different take on things. So she's done. I mean, she's done comedy in she's done it all all, all over. It? Everywhere she goes, so she she tries to find a comedy gig. So she's done it in she's done it in Israel and Japan and um, yeah, France obviously, Paris, um, Portugal. I think she's only ever done one gig in French. All of her comedy's been in English. Mm. Which is That's interesting. That's one thing that I, well, I'll say it to you, but I want to say it to you. I, I want to try doing comedy in another language. That'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I have got a part of the set that I've written in Latin, just because it fit in ah. something else. I was doing. Oh. Um, I've got some, I've got some knock knock jokes that I wrote in Latin, just oh. because it, it fit in with what I was doing. That could be funny. That could be fun. I think maybe you you write the, you could write the same set in English and same set in Latin. And then what's it called if yeah. they don't understand it? What this means, and it means this, and just do that throughout yeah. the whole set. Because <laughs> how was it? Oh, the 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 sub is just, oh, I was having trouble with it's about about dating before I got married. I was having trouble with my girlfriend. I said, "Is there anything I can do?" And she said, "I'd like a Latin lover." So <laughs> I said, "I I I can do this." Next time we met, I I and then I I do stuff in you know, I turn not not joking Latin. I said, "Oh, I've done that." I've and I. I told Joe, he said, what, what the bloody hell is that then? I said, Latin, the language of Cicero and Plutarch. And so I said, she said, no, no, when I said Latin, I meant 
uh, Ricky Martin or Julio Iglesias, not that, not not some old dead person, but it's yes, yeah, so I've got a couple of knock knock jokes, I tell in Latin, and I do then translate them so yeah. the, the audience know what they are. But I actually wrote them, you know, <laughs> bizarre. You see, the things you, you, you would do for comedy, no one else is doing Latin knock knock jokes out there other than me, I guarantee you that much. Hmm. I think, yeah, it's fun, it's something that, that could make it more interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't speak any other language, so I'd have to learn what to do it. But yeah, it would be, it's, it's a interesting, an interesting idea. Yeah, I want to cancel that bit out actually now. Ah, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, well, one, one thing, I, do you watch a lot of podcasts, Jack? Or is there any that? Sorry? You watch a lot of podcasts. What? What, what? No, I don't. I, I don't. Not at all. The only one I, the only one I, the only one I, I, I listen to is, is my my daughter and her husband do one. Oh. Um, you are being unreasonable, which is based on the "Am I being unreasonable?" friends on on Mum's Net, where they take those and critique and and and, and, and talk about them. Uh, that's the only one that I listen to on a regular basis. Now that'd be quite. Uh, they've been doing it for three or four years now. I think they're up to about their. 60, 70 effects, and they've done a couple of live ones uh, in the front of an audience. Yeah, drop, drop the, drop the, drop me the link in a Facebook message, and I'll put it in the YouTube um, description. I will do. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, oh yeah. so, um, there's there's a good podcast called um, True Geordie. That's not too bad. It's it's an all right podcast. Um, it's interesting. get to. I am listening. I'm just writing stuff down at the moment. His name is True Geordie, and he interviews a lot of people. And what he does at the end of the podcast is he asks people um, like what, how they would like to be remembered. But I like that idea. And one thing I think it's good to ask interesting questions to get to know the person, and maybe someone else could learn, or I could learn from it as a whole. And I like to ask people two questions at the end of the podcast. Um, yeah. One of the questions is. What advice now, what advice would you give to your younger self? Oh, how much younger? You know, I'll tell you, no, what advice I'd give is don't start drinking. I, I stopped drinking 12 years ago. Uh, I drank very heavily for a long time before that. Don't start drinking. Mm. That would be the advice I'd give my younger self. And what, why is that? I probably wasted a good 30 years of my life when there's other things I could have been doing where I was, not that I was constantly drunk, but it, it took, it was, there was, it stopped me doing other things I probably could have done at the time. Or some things I probably could have done differently. So the lesson of that is you're saying that to people listening or younger, don't be dragged into the crowd of partying and drinking and do something more fulfilling. Yeah, 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 just, yeah, at least, at least be more, more restrained than you were, but certainly don't, don't, don't drink the way you used to, or you finish up doing, yeah, it was never a, it was never a problem, it wasn't, but it was just, it was something that I was conscious of and should have stopped doing a long time before I did stop. Also, what would you say is a good quote that you'd like to live by? It's, it's a good. That's a good question. I I was in. I I'm doing um, doing mastermind uh, in September. Hopefully, if they start recording it, I'm preparing a mastermind. And one of the questions they asked on that was um, 
three three words to describe yourself. And friends I live and one of the ones I picked and, and she was she said, Oh, no 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 one ever says that. I think it's, it's, it's happy. I I I I think I I think people should be happy. It's not that I know that's easier said than done, but generally speaking, I'm a relaxed, happy person and I think people you can you you can make yourself you can rule yourself happy i think sometimes if, if if you're not i mean not always sometimes things are a bit too dark for that but i think generally speaking yeah i i advise people to try and be happy i know that sounds glib but and it sounds like it's, it's cliche but it's but people aren't happy enough generally what's, what's more to that sort of statement what's what's so you think that people uh, need to find yeah so ba- yeah one of the things that i've seen in other podcasts is that when, Find the things that make you happy and do them. Mm. And, you know, I would say. Because uh, people, people don't. People, people sometimes let themselves be limited by other people's expectations of what they can and can't do or what they should and shouldn't be doing. Find what makes you happy and do it. And not saying do that and stuff everybody else's view and, and, and ignore everybody else. But if it's, if it's not actively harming anybody else, Find what you like to do, find what makes you happy, and do it. And, and I think that's something we should all try and do. Hmm. Oh, that's funny you say that because I was reading in the newspaper, no, not newspaper, uh, I was reading in online some sort of article saying that, no, not article, I was in there, I was in watching the news, or, I was watching some YouTube programs and I got in a little filter and it came across this bit where it said that in the future, possibly. The way things are going, maybe a lot of us are going to be working for ourselves rather than other people. Mm. Yeah, maybe. It's, yeah, I can see that. But that that that'd be my that that'd be my my that'd be put it. Yeah, find what, find find what makes you happy, and then do what makes you happy. We should, we no one should be. There's no reason we should actively try to make ourselves happy, and people don't sometimes. So a bit like the parts of the Caribbean saying, take what you can, give nothing. No, that's not the saying. Yeah, <laughs> completely different. No, um, no the, what's the saying? Yeah, just make yourself happy because you're not going to, and just um, gratitude and just, um, yeah, don't, don't worry too much about what people think. And just do what yeah. you're happy doing. Be responsible for your own happiness. That's, that's it in a fair phrase. Be responsible for your own happiness. One thing I find quite funny is that when I come across people in their middle ages or their sort of late thirties, they always say, I don't give a shit what people think. And I don't know, some of that's true and some of that's not, but I don't like what, 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 why is it that people from sort of twenties, my age and like, I used to say, I, I used to say, thirties are so sort of worried about what people think. And they're so, you're breaking up, sorry. Didn't hear that last bit. What? Why? Why? Are, why are people from their from their teens to thirties? It's a defence mechanism, isn't it? I think. Oh. But well, why is why is it when people are older, they they get rid of that, like they're not so bothered? I think it's. I think in your first. I, mean, I, I used to say that it doesn't matter what people think about me; it's what I think about them, which is similar to what you're saying. I think it's a defense mechanism i think if you if you don't worry what people think about you then you're not going to be hurt by people as you get older not always but sometimes you get a bit more 
Uh, we were talking about earlier about Frankie Boyle, um, not Frankie Boyle, Frank Skinner. You're comfortable in your own skin. As you get older, you should be more comfortable in your own skin. You should be more relaxed and you should be able to live with yourself. Some people can't do that. But I think in your 30s and younger, it's a defence mechanism. If I say it doesn't matter what people think about me, well, then they're not going to get in and they're not going to hurt you. Mm. I think there's, I think it's, a, I think that's what it is. I think it's partly a defence mechanism. Mm. Why people say that? Um, as people get older, you get more. Some people still still have that have that view. Um, no, it doesn't matter what people think of me. But most people, most people want to be liked, so they they do care what people think about them, even though they say they don't. And I think as you get older, generally speaking, you get more. You, most of us get more comfortable in our own skin. I certainly have. I'm, I'm certainly a happier man at 59 than I was at 49. Mm. And at 39, I think. Mm. That's I'm a great comfortable in my own skin. That's great advice that could be taken across whatever industry or whatever person you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I want to say a uh, big thank you for coming on my podcast, Jack. And thank you, Martin. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. I look forward to seeing the company in a week or so's time at my gig. Thank you. It'll be fun. See you soon. Be good. Yeah. Yeah. Get in touch with Vanessa as well. And, and get, a, get a French woman's view on things. That'd be fun. Yeah, it will be a way. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. See you soon, mate. It's been fun. Yeah, see you soon. Bye.